This message is called Down to Earth. And in our journey, we've looked at some people that have experienced. We've looked at the, the two major stories in the Bible are found in Matthew and Luke. And we've been looking at different ones and different people that showed up in the story and how they correlate together. If I look at one, it seems like this is missing. And if I look at the other, it seems like this is missing. So we put some timelines together of who showed up and where they were at. And we're looking at how God did the most amazing thing ever for us. And I always think about, when we think about Christmas, we get in our minds, we've got this nice little, we keep it nice and tidy. Like we've got our manger scenes and it's real cute and we've got, you know, we've got Mary and Joseph and, and I, I feel bad for them because they had to sit there for like, I don't know, like a year or two just sitting there smiling at everybody taking pictures and getting stuff like, hey, okay, we're just sitting here. Like I got to change him at some point, you know, but we'll keep smiling. Okay. And so we, we keep it eternally locked in and we keep we looked at Mary that when God decided it was time that I'm going down to rescue, I'm coming to them to rescue them. And uh, he, he decided to send an angel to talk to a 14-year-old girl. And I'm going to go ahead, 14 or 15, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if I had the biggest secret of all mankind, I just don't know that I'm going to go to a 14 or 15-year-old girl. I'm just saying that. It's just me. I might be way out there. But that's not, but it shows a lot of her character and her nature that she could be trusted with that. Um, also, we looked at, at the, the Magi and, and these wise men that came from eight to nine hundred miles away. And we, we kind of touched on a little touchy subject and I'm still hearing some things and people making jokes that, hey, there may not have been just three wise men. Just because there were three gifts, Gold, frankincense, and myrrh doesn't mean there was each one. Okay, you get the gold, you get the frank, you get the myrrh. Let's go. It was nothing like that. If you were going on a journey back then, I don't know that you would have, just three of y'all would have set out across the desert because they did have marauders and they had these people that would love to look at, oh, (laughs) there's just three of them. (laughs) I think we can take them. And so that would have been a very big challenge and they were wiser than that. They were wise men. And so... Chances are there was probably a little bit more. And through the timelines we saw that if they probably didn't show up right there, like taking the picture when he was right there as a baby. And then last week we looked at this group of, of, of men that, that we call shepherds that we've, we've got them nice clean cut beards. You know, shepherds, they got, they got it trimmed up just right and every looks real good and no messy. You know, and, and they're just the nicest, most noble, gentle people on the planet. And we look, mm, not so quick, <laughs> that they were some of the, the, the low caste. They were some of the down and outers that it's like, shepherd, that was not a profession you wanted back then. Like, oh, <laughs> you're a shepherd. Okay, well, hey, come on, kids. Let's don't talk. <laughs> let's come over here. Let's watch out. There may have been some things where it might not have been that glorified that we try to put on them so last week we looked at a meeting at the manger and the shepherd showing up there this morning we're going to take it full throttle right here to the really the messiah in the manger the messiah in the manger that's what we're looking at today and the beauty of this is now i know when we say the word messiah i know for it's a church word and a lot of people like messiah what 
hold it, what does the Messiah mean? I know some things, but I'm not sure. So I just want to encourage, this is what it literally means. In the Hebrew, it's, it, 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 it's, a, it's a word that, um, um, uh, where, where we would, we would have our pronunciation, where it would be, uh, Mashiach. Mashiach. And that's, that's the English, uh, it's Hebrew, but it's what we get our word Messiah in English. And it means anointed, chosen one, set apart for a purpose. In the New Testament, which, which is written in Greek, it's where, it's the same word where we get Christios. It's where we get Christ. And so they're both the same. Messiah is the Old Testament name and all through the Old Testament. It said the Messiah is coming ever since the fall of man. Ever since the fall of man. He said, hey, don't worry, I'm I'm coming. I'm going to send the Messiah, the one, the anointed one, the chosen one to make a difference. The one that's going to set it right. And so in the New Testament, we hear Christ and it's Jesus the Christ. Jesus, the anointed one, the chosen one. To set apart for a, that's set apart for a purpose. Now I gotta tell you to be honest, if it's me, and we've looked at that, if I'm God and I'm gonna send my Savior, my very own Son to the earth, I don't know that I would make Him as vulnerable as make Him a little child. I mean, think about it for a second. I know this is a little bit off your grid. God already created the first human being out of dirt. There would have been no problem for him to create a perfectly formed adult male out of dirt. Whoa, whoa. We ain't taking any chances. We're not going to do that. I don't trust them. But God in his mercy and his grace and his wisdom said, it's not about you, it's about me. And I'm going to be able to do this. And he brought him in the form and used us, fallible men, to bring forth the change that every human being needed to bring forth what all of us need and so he was he was chosen set apart this messiah the christ he was set apart to do three things there's a lot more but there's three things i want to look at this morning and uh number one is what he was chosen to do um he was chosen to give light now i know how many here went looking at christmas light anybody here went and checked some out and you went and go and and you're going to go look at some more and you've got little ones and the little they are the more exciting they get last night we went out to to the country out to hortense Woo! y'all watch out there's some people out there it was so fun we we got a whole different language it was just it was just beautiful I said that right there that that, that there's rudolph's cave that's where rudolph was born i like that right there where rudolph was born i like look at that um but it was, we had a good time, but we were with my grandkids, and as soon as they saw all these lights, they're like, <laughs> they were crazy, and they ain't even got out of the car seat yet. Jeepa, 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 unbuckle me, unbuckle me, give me, give me out, give me out. This thing of bringing light, this is what every one of us should, should get crazy excited about, because first and foremost, this is what Jesus came to bring, and he was the only one able because he was pure light. That's what, uh, that's what 1 John 1 5 says this. It says that this is the message we've heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light. He is light. In other words, and in him, there is no darkness in him at all. In other words, there's no shifting of shadows. There's nothing. There's no trickery. There's nothing. God's not up there going, hmm. Some of you may have thought this like, uh huh. God, what are you doing to me? He said, I just, I'm just light trying to illuminate, 
trying to get some things inside because us, we, we can get real dark in our thinking, we can get real dark in our actions, and we can begin to act less than what God created us to be. And that's why light had to come and illuminate. That's what light does. It illuminates things, and we're not talking about just physical illumination, inside, our thoughts, our actions. It even says this in, um, in John 8, 12. Jesus put it this way. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And you go, Mark, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty astute. I've got some good stuff going on. I want to tell you, me, you, in our own efforts, in our own humanity, if we're not careful, we'll try to elevate ourselves to Godhood. And we'll become, we'll think the light. And Jesus went on to say the light that, that you think you have in you, it's not really light. It, it really can mess you up. This this scripture here in John 8, if you get a chance, go read it today. Before that, he's dealing with a situation where there's a young lady that got caught in adultery. And she's about to be stoned. And this, he, he goes through the narrative of that. And he begins to say how, hey, they were trying to kill, they're actually trying to get to Jesus. They're going to kill this young girl and, and we're going to do that. And Jesus, of course, being Jesus, brought truth and light to him. And that's when he said, hey, that's why he said that. I'm the light of the world. I've come to bring revelation. I've come to bring understanding in the midst of your humanity, in the midst of all the craziness that goes on on this side of heaven. It's like, wow, we need his light. That's what it says in Ephesians 5.8. Paul wrote this. He said, for once, for once, I don't know about once for me, a lot of times. For once you were full of darkness. And that's mean there was a time. But now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So let me help you. If you've ever had the thought that God's trying to hurt or trying to push push you down or trying to keep you in less, he said, I came to bring the truth. I came to bring revelation and understanding to every dark place in you. Like the place where you think less than, the place that, well, well, Mark, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the things I've thought. I'm telling you, God has shown up there. This is the reason Jesus came to give us what we didn't have. The next thing he came, to, he, he was chosen to give, and this is just as important. It's three L's. The second one is life. To give us life. You know why? Because we were moving around this planet and we were doing things, but just out of, out of, okay, we're gonna, we're, we're kind of shifting our way around and trying to find our way, but there was really no life on the inside. And that's why in John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am. He talked to Thomas. He's in the last supper. He's telling him, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. I'm it. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he, he said that, look, if I want to, if I want to find life, if I hang on to mine, like I want to do what I want, how I want, with whoever I want, as much as I want. And Jesus said, hey, you, hey, you can do that. You, you can do that. But it's not going to end well for you. He said, anyone who loses their life for my sake, they find life. They actually get my life. Like there's a, there's a, 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 a trade that takes place. There's a thing that's saying, hey, God, you ever you ever been sick in your life? You ever look at your stuff and you go, man, I don't like the life I'm living. I've got good news this morning. Man, you can exchange that for the life, not a life, but the life. And that's the exciting thing of what we're selling, what we're celebrating here 
right now. Um, but I, I, excuse me, y'all, I got so excited. I got to back up just a minute because I had a statement I needed to make after Ephesians 5, 8. This thing of, for once you were full of darkness, now you're full of life. This is what Jesus came to do. Could you throw that up there for me? Jesus came to light you up. <laughs> Somebody look at your neighbor and say, Jesus came to light you up. <laughs> he came to light you up. <laughs> I mean, like, whoo, man, I feel alive. Woo. He's, he, he's lighting my world up, and that's what he's come to do. So as we, let's move forward. So he came to light us up, and then he gave us his life. And then in, in John 1, 4 through 5, this is where it says in the very beginning, the word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. So Jesus was the word. We watched literally the, the perfect theology lived out before us in the life of Jesus. Like he, he became flesh. 1 John 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of father, full of grace and truth. So this life that he gives us, it says he created and he brings forth this life in us. And then in John 10, 10, it says this, a thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give life, life in all its fullness. That's what Jesus anointed, chosen to do that. Loving, that's what, that's his whole purpose. Like, if you've ever doubted, does God really care for me? He came to, first of all, light you up, to bring truth, to bring understanding in our darkness. Because we think less than, God thinks more than. He thinks more of us than we ever could think of ourselves. And then he goes on to say in 1 John 4, 9, it says this, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Not through me, not through my own understanding, through my own goodness, but through his. And so that's why the, through this life, Jesus came to fill you up. So the first thing he came to do was light you up and go, whoo, you're just that good. The second thing he came to do is fill you up full of himself. How many have ever seen somebody full of themselves? <laughs> it's not pretty, is it? How many has ever been full of themselves? <laughs> It's not pretty, is it? Those are the ones like, I need to change. This is one where he says, look, I want to fill you full of me. He came to fill us up full of him. And the third thing is this, real simply, uh, he's chosen to give what we didn't have, and that is love. Now, before Jesus showed up, all through, all since the beginning of man, it was for love. This unconditional love that God has for us, it was for that. And it is his main, this is the, this is the main thing. This is what, this is who he is. It's what he does. It comes out of him. And in, um, in, uh, Jeremiah 31 3, it says this. He says, the Lord came to us from far away saying, I have loved you. What? With an, with a, with a love that lasts forever. So I have helped you come to me with loving kindness. In other words, God's in it for the long haul. Like if you've ever thought for a little bit, like there are many that start out and they get this excitement about him and they're going, man, they get lit up. It's like, whoa, man, I just love. And then they begin to receive life, but then it kind of begins to wane a little bit. It begins less than it can be. It can happen in a, in a relationship as well. You, you can be in a relationship. You're like, you so pretty. I, I, I'd give you everything. And then next thing you know, you've taken everything. It can happen. And in our relationship with God, we can, 
if we're not careful, we can think less than the love that he has for us. He's in it for the long haul. He knew what he was getting into. <laughs> Jesus didn't go, oh, what, am, what did I do? He knew what he was getting into. And it's forever. And so it's with his loving kindness, he continually draws us back to himself. Again, in 1 John 4.10, I love what John's writing. He's, he, he wrote more about love than anything because he was the beloved disciple. He says, this is real love. You want to know what that looks like? Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away the stuff that eats us away. To take away the very things that eat away at the inside of us that nobody sees. Like the actions that we're let, the things that we've done and said, the things that, that, that eat, you know, when nobody's around, when it's just us, we're by ourselves. It's those things that the enemy tries to come and replay over and over. Look what you did. Look what you did. Look what you did. And, and this right here, if you ever get that scripture, memorize it. It says, I came to take that away from you instead of letting it sit in you and allow it to eat at you and rot at you and rot you away and begin to take you places you were never meant to go and keep you longer than you were ever, you, you were never meant to stay there. So God, in his love, he chose to do that. And then, of course, the, the scripture that most people know John 3.16, but I put it in a different translation. I try to hit it from every different angle because you can't ever hit it from enough. And at John 3.16, out of the uh, contemporary English version, it says this, God loved the people of this world, not, not the dirt, not this ball that we walk around. You know, when we say world, we, you know, we know it can be cosmos. It can be this, this dirt that we're walking on. We name it different places. And, you know, well, I'm walking on this part of dirt. Right now, I'm walking on this ball of dirt. We've named Brunswick, and it's beautiful. No matter what I go, it's dirt. This isn't what God was taught. He loved this particular ball of dirt. He's like, no, he loved the people that are on it. The people of this world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone, anyone... Everyone who has faith in him will have eternal life and never really die. It's not his desire. God did not create us. If you look in Genesis, when he made man, he said, the day you eat of the fruit, you will surely die. And he didn't just mean physically. It meant a spiritual death. It meant I became dark. It it means that's that's when my understanding, there was blinders that came over my eyes and my heart. And he said, but if you if you look at that, the day you never eat of it, you will never die. He never intended for that. And so when we did, the moment we did, God didn't go, oh, well, that's it, it's over. He said, no, I've got another. I I knew that. I I looked and I saw that. And well before, even in Genesis 3, he saw it from the very beginning that I'm going to redeem him. I've got a plan. I've got a redemptive plan for us. And it was through his son. So not only did he come to, to light us up, not only did he come to fill us up, but the big one is he came to, Jesus came to free you up. He came to free you up so that you can begin to experience his life. You can begin to experience his love. You can begin to experience it. You see, I can't give what I don't have. Like, I can be nice. There, there's and, and we looked at this. There, there's a number of words in Scripture that mean love, like phileo, the brotherly love. I can give brotherly love to people. I can, I can demonstrate that on some level. And I can even, I can give um, th- this, this brotherly and sisterly sometimes, depending on how close I am to my brother and sister in age. Anybody got that? The siblings? <laughs> they get about this high. It can get a little bit challenging. But this agape love, this unconditional love, like, hey, I don't expect anything from you. I'm just going to give to you. 
That's a little bit different. That's one, it takes God to love God the way he desires to be loved. And it takes him to help me to to be able to love you the way he desires to love you. And for me to demonstrate that. And so what does this all mean? I I love what, what, uh, um, I love what, uh, Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, um, uh, in, uh, Matthew 5, 14 through 16, this is, uh, uh, hold it, John 14, 12, um, it, it, when he said that, he said, I tell you certainly, John 14, 12, when he's talking to disciples before he's leaving, he wanted them to get this understanding that not only did I come to give you, um, light, not only did I come to give you, lo- uh, uh, to, to, to light you up, but to give you life, but also uh, I came to, to see to it that you get to experience the love I have for you. But he said, this is what he, he wanted us to do. I tell you for certain that if you have faith in me, you will do the same things that I'm doing. You will do even greater things now that I'm going back to my father. And so it's one thing for me to experience his, his light to get lit up. It's another thing for me to get filled up. It's another thing for me to get freed up if I don't do something with it. And that's where we come in today. This is what, during this season, if I could challenge you more than any, not just here, but all through the year, if I could, could get us to understand that Jesus wants me to light others up in a good way. <laughs> he wants me, he wants you to light others up. Like when you come across somebody's life, it should be said of every one of you that their life is lighter than it was when you showed up in it. That, that their life is better, that they have more understanding, they have a, a, a greater awareness of God's grace for them, they have a greater understanding of how God came to, to do that. That's what it says in, in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. He said, you are, not you will be, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And what? It gives light to everyone around. Everyone in the house. Like, could you imagine going around looking at Christmas lights and they threw this black tarp over them going, no, these are for us. I don't want anybody to see them. We put all these lights out and we're not letting anybody see our lights. No, the reason they put them out there and the reason you put them out there, you want them to come by. Oh, look. Look how pretty that house is. Oh, look. I like what they did there. <laughs> that you want them to see. The same thing is true. Man, when, when God lights you up, he wants you to go around and help light other people's life up. That's what he came to do. That's It goes on. It says this in verse 16. He said, in the same way, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and do what? When they see how you treat, when they see the understanding you're walking in, when they see the way you walk, it says they'll glorify your father in heaven. It's going to happen. So he wants us to do that. The second thing that he wants us to do is he wants us to fill others up. Like you have, like you have the greatest news. You have the life of God living in you. I have the life of God, the very life that Jesus lived. I have that living in me through his Holy Spirit. It has been imparted. It is here. I get to release that all over the place. Everybody gets it. And so I'm not going to keep that. Like I get to help fill others up. That's what, when we look at Colossians 1, 7, that's what it says. For God wanted them to know, he, he wanted you to know this. 
to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for the gen- for everybody, not just the Jewish people, that for everybody too. And this is the secret. So you don't have to go broadcast. If they would just watch what you do. You know, people always say it's not what you say, it's what you do. <laughs> you know, Christ, this is a secret, Christ lives in you. This gives assurance of sharing his glory with other people. Look, we, we don't have a long time. We don't have a lot. He wants you and me to make a difference. And he wants you, through what he's done for you and what he's done for me, I get to do that to help fill other people's lives up. You're going to do that. That's what God wants you to do more than anything. And then the final thing is this, and this is the beauty. He wants you to free others up. He wants you to take the freedom you've experienced. And uh, in Galatians 5, we're not turning there this morning, but it says, uh, it is for freedom Christ sets you free. And he says, goes on later in the chapter, don't use your freedom as an opportunity to just serve yourself for your flesh. But through love, serve one another. That's what it's all about. That's what it says in John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. Some people, I'm telling you, this is a struggle. Everybody deals with some people you want to love from a distance. <laughs> like, I love you, but you just go ahead and stay over there, and I love you over there. We're in this season where people are about to show up in your house, and they're going to show up at the gathering. You're going to have to demonstrate this right here. I love you. I really do. <laughs> you get to help me work this out because it can be a struggle at times. That's just being real. And it says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. The same way that he's loved me, he wants us to love others. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have your love one for another. He goes on to say in John 15, a little bit later as he's talking with them in 12, 13, he says, my command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love, you're familiar with it, has no one than this. Than what? To lay down one's life for one's friend. And that's the most powerful thing is when you say, I'm, not my will, but your will. Lord, out of your love for me, I'm going to love some others that don't have that. They're not walking in it. They're not experienced. The only way they're going to experience is uh, is through us. So when I look at this thing of, of looking at this this manger, this Messiah in the manger, that I, and it's, it's right there on your mantle or wherever it is, and, and you see it, and he's in nice hay, and he's in this feeding trough, and some of y'all gave me a bit over getting, kind of letting y'all feel the animal slobber all in the manger where they've been eating. You know, you ever seen a cow or a horse eat? It's not a pretty sight, man. They're not sitting here going, you know, he's like, oh, and, and granted, now I'm sure they, he was in swaddling clothes, and, and not to mess it up too bad, but, and they did put some nice hay out there. It was probably fresh, maybe. Um, and so, but look, when we look at this Messiah, he didn't stay a baby. He didn't stay a baby. He grew up and lived a perfect, sinless life. For me. He was a king. And he was, he, he, he was a, a baby king. When he was born, he was king of the, of the universe, king of all. And he, he chose to come here on our behalf. And that's what Matthew 25, Jesus is talking to disciples. And he's fixing to check out of this planet until he comes back for us. And he's fixing to check out and he begins to tell them about end time. And he uses... Uh, Ten virgins and tells a story of five and five. And, and he goes on and begins to explain things about things that are going to come. And then he said, the, 
he gets down, he, he says, the king will say to those on his right, he's talking about sheep and goats, and he gets there to that which we heard this morning through a, through a, a, a word from the Lord that the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. In other words, God had already predestined. He wants us to experience his light, his life, and his love. And he goes on to say, 35, that for I was hungry. Very familiar to you. He said, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And Jesus put it this way, and he said it this. He said, the king will reply. This is what the king will say. He went on to say, there were, there's a few verses where he says, when did we do that? What, how did I do that? When did I do that for you? When did I do that to you? And he said, the king will reply. Jesus is talking. I'm going to say this. Truly I tell you. Whatever you did for one, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask you something. When you look at that litmus test, when you look at what he said, you look, when you were sick, I thought, I mean, look, I thought we didn't get sick. It happens on this earth. When he, when he started talking to him and he, he began to expound for him, when was I hungry? I, well, if you're hungry, you're obviously not walking with the Lord. Things happen. Like, that, that happens to people whether they know the Lord or not. It's not a matter of what they're going through. It's what I'm doing. It's not a matter of what they've done. When were you thirsty? A stranger. When did you feel left out? Anybody here ever showed up in a room and felt like everybody was looking at you and just like, oh, no. You felt like you're on the outside looking in? Jesus said, I, I, I want you to look at those. I want you to look around. I want you to look circumspectly, not just at what's yours. And that's what he's calling us to do is to begin to look, to take the, the light, to take the life, to take the love that he's imparted and then begin to go out and share that with others. If you'll do it, I promise you, your life, your life will change as never, I mean, you will, you'll get up in the morning and it won't be, you won't get up and go, oh, good Lord, this morning, <laughs> oh, I got You'll get up, and it'll be a good morning, Lord. It's going to be, whoo. Lord, thank you. You've drawn me into this relationship. Thank you, Lord. You're going to use me today to make a difference in somebody else's life. Three days ago, I was at the Winn-Dixie right by my house on 82. There was a young man in front of me. He only had a few groceries. And I watch, I'm a people observer. I watch people, I'm just a people observer is what I do. I don't make, you know, any excuses for it. And I watched, he had two dinners. And I thought, oh, look, <laughs> he's getting one for now and one for later. That's my natural thinking. Like, oh, he got two of the, uh, you know, the folding dinner uh, back from the delicatessen back there. He got two of them. And I'm sitting there going, oh, look, he got two, one for now. Put one in the refrigerator, eat it later. So I walked out ahead of him. I'm in my truck, and as I watch him walk out, he's just now coming out, and I watch him walk down the sidewalk, 
He walks down and there's two people sitting on a bench. He walks up and he just hands them to him. There wasn't a lot of exchange. Like, here you go. God bless. I don't know if he said God bless, but he's like, okay, here you go. And he walked off. And I thought to myself, Self, what were you looking for? I was going to get some cheese. <laughs> Milk and cheese. That's what I was after. <laughs> Had to make some stuff. And I thought to myself, Lord, how many times do I get locked up in what I need to get and what's mine? Instead of looking after what's yours. Saying, God, what do you want to do with me? What do you want to do with me? Could I challenge us this morning as I close? To just simply ask, could we begin to allow the light of the Lord to begin to open me up? Can we allow the life of God to begin to say, Lord, I want your life in here. So, Lord, I'm going to pour into that. I'm going to spend the time with you, seeking you. I'm going to spend time in your word. I'm going to spend time just listening to you. Not doing anything, just being. Not doing, just being. And then, Lord, I'm going to open my eyes and look around for those. Hey, who's going to get blessed today? Lord, who, 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 who's fixing to get lit up today? Who's fixing to get filled up today? Who's fixing to get freed up today? God wants to use you and I to do that. If you'd bow your heads, let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, I thank you for all you've done. Jesus, I thank you that you chose to come to this earth. It was a, it was a submission to your Father. You went through everything we do, but yet you stayed perfect through it all because your mind and your heart and your spirit were all set upon the Father. You continually looked to the Father who continually poured out over you. And this morning, Lord, I thank you for everyone here and those in the, that are in the sound of my voice, those who will listen later by podcast or by CD. Lord, I thank you that you will draw us to yourself in your loving kindness, that you're continually wanting to do more in and through us. You're not wanting to put more on us. You're wanting to do more in us. And it's out of that capacity we'll be able to do more for those around us. And with our eyes bowed and our head closed, I can't help but ask, is there anybody in here that maybe you haven't experienced that light? Maybe you haven't experienced that life. Maybe you haven't experienced that love. And you feel like you're on the outside looking in. And this morning, I just want to do one simple thing to pray with you. It's, it's, it's our way of connecting. Prayer is our way of conversing with God. That's all it is. And if you'd like, I'd love to pray with you and pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come down here. But if you'd like me to pray with you and for you, I'm going to ask you to just slip your hand up wherever you are. Say, Mark, that's me. I, I need that light. I need that life. I need that love. I want that to be so prevalent in my life that it's all that comes out of me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody else this morning? Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Anybody else? This is between you and the Lord. Yes. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Any, praise the Lord. Yeah. This is between you and him. He's drawing you to himself this morning. He wants to fill you up. He first, he wants to light you up. He wants to fill you up and he wants to free you up so you can do the same. I'm going to ask those that would like to, if you just pray with this prayer with me. You say, Holy Father, I recognize that in me, 
Lord, there is darkness. Lord, there are times where I've said and done things that are displeasing to you. But I believe this morning that your word is true. That Jesus, you came, you gave light, you gave your life, and you showed us love by dying for me. And as an act of my will, I give my life to you. And I exchange my life for yours. Would you come and change my life? I make you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. If you would stand up with me at this time. If you have a need in your life, we'll be here to pray for you. You don't have to leave to do that. Open your hands. Let me bless you. We'll be here. To, to pray for you if you need that. Praise the Lord. Father God, creator of the universe, you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people. That, that Lord, you said as your name's placed upon them, you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen.